Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Well, how's my DIY going? I hear That's you ask. exactly <laughs> what I was just about to say. I mean, last week you left us hanging. Now we need an update. Like it's been it's been almost a week, so we need an update. What's going on? Well, can I just tell you that this is not a small job, okay? <laughs> I genuinely thought I'd bash it out in a day, but like, oh yeah, no problems. Just lay a few dust sheets down. Um, I've, I've been to Screwfix a couple of times. I should get shares in that company now. I've had to get new tools. Um, there's a thing called frog tape, which yes. I didn't know about, which you stick around all of the like corners is is it cornicing yeah yeah cornicing and what's the what's the thing on the floor that goes around the the skirting board the skirting board so you can see it's I've become really 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 (laughs) tuned in with all the DIY chat (laughs) Uh, no basically it's gone all right actually I think I've done a fairly good job I'll be posting befores and afters so everyone can make their judgment but I'm covered in paint I'm absolutely shattered and I think I've put my back and neck out so So is this gonna be mm. a new um like a new career path for you are we gonna have see you popping up (laughs) DIY with Zoe anytime soon now. The TV channels are crashing in for a gig. They're desperate to sign me up. Oh my God, you're going to be on Changing Rooms. I'm basically Carol Smiley. You're going to be the new Carol Smiley. I'm sure she joined in sometimes as well. So (laughs) there we go. You've got more. You've you've got more than Carol because you'll actually be able to do it as well. I mean, I'm a joke really, aren't I? But at least I've given it a shot. Dozzle was so cute. He came back and he was like, I'm so proud of you. And I was like, I actually don't think you'll be sarcastic I actually think I've done an all right job but yeah as I said um I'm not sure I'll be doing all the rooms in the house but at least my dressing room is done I love that you started on your dressing room as well (laughs) how are you George I'm good I'm good we're um we're just trying to pick back up potty training again with Gigi um oh how's that going well it's difficult with her because she holds her poo so she doesn't really like pooing or weeing um anywhere whether that's in a nappy, in knickers, on the toilet, on the way. I mean, she holds it. So it's been like, it's been really tough to like put any more pressure on her. Do you know what I mean? Um, So I, she was doing really well and then she didn't go to the toilet for about a week and I thought, no, no, let's leave it. So we have left it for a few months and then nursery said to me, she basically goes on the potty in the toilet at nursery. So you need like, maybe you should start. Yeah. So maybe you should start following it up at home and 
so I've basically put a potty in her bedroom, a potty downstairs. She's got a thing on the toilet seat. And we've figured out she doesn't like doing it in front of us. So yeah. by putting them like in her, you know, one in her bedroom, yesterday she went in and did what, like did a poo in her bedroom and I gave her an ice cream and, you know, all the celebrations and all that kind of stuff. But what, it's just, what, what a place know. to do a poo as well. <laughs> in your bedroom I Imagine know that, just getting up and doing a big poo in the corner of the room I know I know don't like I thought did like, you shut yeah. the door oh, I didn't know she was doing it she just went in there and did it <laughs> so I don't I don't really I don't know what her thought process was but anyway I, I don't I don't really know what the best way to go is with Gigi because she just does her own thing she'll probably wake up one day and go I don't wear nappies anymore. Yeah, and no more nappies won't. for me. I love that you said as well that she's like codged on really early in life that doing a poo in front of somebody is not the most relaxing thing um, because Kit is still obsessed with getting me into the bathroom. He holds my hands. He looks at me right in the eyes and he goes, <laughs> and I'm like, I do not feel okay about this. I know you're my son and I know it's only pooing, but like, I don't know where to look. And he's like, look at me, mommy. Look at me, mommy. I'm like, oh it's some sort of sick thing that children do just to make you really I don't know. Because when do you learn that? Like, when do you learn that weeing and pooing in front of someone is not normal? Because Axel would just do it anywhere. He'd probably just drop his pants, like, on the way to school in front. He, he wouldn't care. He's got no, like, he's not shy about doing a weir or poo anywhere. I don't, think, I don't think everyone has this, this problem. I think some couples are quite happy <laughs> Like, I don't mind doing a wee in front of Dawes. Would oh, you yeah, wee in front would, of James? Yeah, yeah, I'll wee in front of James, but I won't poo in front of James. Oh, Definitely God, not. no. I, I, no I, way. But Dawes, I I'll, be chatting, anyone. <laughs> I'll be chatting to Dawes and I'll be like, where are you going? And he'll be just going into the bathroom with the door open. He'll be like, oh, sorry, I'm just having a poo. I'm like, no, we're having a no, conversation close the door. about the food shop. Yeah, close the, and close the, the door. door. Like, I don't need to see. <laughs> there has to be some boundary, right? Like, there literally Genuinely. has to be a, a boundary somewhere. And that is definitely my boundary. I'd love no to get way. your thoughts on this, those of you that are listening. We'll put a little box up. Poo in front yeah. of your partner or not? How has this turned into poo chat? I'm sorry, anyone who doesn't want to hear oh, about poo. We're, I don't know what's happened to us. Maybe this 2020 poo. 2020 poo. 2020 now. poo. Yes. Did you? mean to do that that was fucking yes. brilliant well done excellent welcome to 2020 poo okay well we'll move on and we'll because some people really don't like this chat like no. my mother and we'll 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 leave this chat and we'll move into the chat the conversation today because um really wonderful conversation that took place last week um of a mum to multiples now we have spoken to Alison Perry before who obviously yes. had twins we haven't really spoken to anybody but we haven't spoken to anybody who's ever given birth to triplets no and also I think what's so interesting about this is she had a single pregnancy first and then she went on to have triplets because you know before you know if you chat to any mates who've had twins or I don't know any people who've had triplets but I can imagine if they've got nothing to compare it to it's really like well you know I don't know any different so this is just my reality whereas Mm. our guests really does have the and also you know and I she she had IVF and then also the, her but her pregnancy before was was a natural pregnancy so there's lots of mm. comparison um I mean there's lots of comparison throughout the episode we talk about you know different parent you know parenting and how you can 
give your kids exactly the same things and yet they can all have completely different personalities so even if you don't have multiples then there is a lot to take away from this episode oh my god totally yeah this definitely isn't just a chat for multiples Uh, also um our guest today spoke about what it's like to have a premature baby Mm -hmm. babies um so if you've experienced that as well there'll be a lot for you to take away in there and also just her like (laughs) views on like what happened to her when she told her her work and stuff that she was pregnant with triplets like the people's reactions and stuff there's a lot a lot in there for you guys so um yeah we'll hand it over to our guest george who are we chatting to today we are chatting to rebecca woolridge Hello and welcome to today's episode of the podcast. An absolute treat and an honour to be sitting down with someone who has definitely had her hands full over the last five years after giving birth to triplets. Um, we're going to be speaking to this amazing lady all about her parenting journey, um, how she conceived. She's a blogger. She talks about her life of um, you know having premature babies, but also handling three of them at the same time. I'm sure you follow her on Instagram already. She is mummy underscore two underscore triplets underscore and underscore bro. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound very convincing, does it? That's my general and daily answer. You've been sort of sharing your parenting journey um, mm. online, obviously, you know, s- since the triplets were born. But just mm. take us back to the, the, the kind of process to becoming pregnant with the girls and obviously you've got an elder Felix as well who's eight is that right so you had one tell us a story I'd been trying for a baby for many years and Felix by was the miraculous conception um so we can see Felix naturally which was really wonderful and then um we loved it so much we wanted to have another baby and um but it wasn't, we experienced secondary infertility and which we anticipated. So we decided to try IVF one more time. We considered adoption. We'd actually got quite a way down um, the adoption route, but that is another story. (laughs) Um, So through that, we actually decided that we would give IVF one more go and it was the first time it worked oh wow so so you say one more go so how many rounds of IVF had you had before that was our fifth go so when we conceived Felix we were actually um days away from starting our fifth IVF treatment and we found out we were we went away on holiday to relax prior to the treatment starting and it was there that my period was late and David said to me, come on, do a test. I was like, don't be so ridiculous. This was like six years into trying for a family by this point. Don't be so ridiculous. Yeah. I just want to pretend for a few days longer. And and then finally, he convinced me to do a test. And it was just incredible. So then I called up the hospital and they said, I know, I know, Aww. you're calling to arrange your drugs to start the treatment. And I said, no, I'm calling to tell you that I'm pregnant. And um, <gasps> she was just like, wow. Oh um, so we, it was just incredible, absolutely magical. And we thought, oh, well, perhaps, you know, my body can do this. Perhaps there's a chance of it happening again. But unfortunately, it didn't. Um, and I'd promised myself that I would never, ever do IVF again. Never. Um, but really, we, yeah. Why? Because of what you went through over the, over the years, Rebecca? Yeah, I think the hurt and the, obviously the physical 
aspects of it mm. but also the emotional aspects it's such a roller coaster journey um and then we started the adoption uh journey which I've not actually ever shared before but we were told that um David worked David worked in retail and we were told that he would need to not work on a Saturday literally this was it he would not he couldn't work on a Saturday for six months before they would pursue our application to to board and at that point Why? we why it came the week after our social worker had said to us um I'm really panicking I don't think I'm going to be able to process your application in time because they have a t- they have to do it within a certain period of time and then the following week it was like right I need to see David not working on Saturdays for six months because you don't like it when he works at the weekends like well oh. how does that work with anyone who works in retail or shift worker so I was so I was so shocked and so fed up with my life being in control, in the control of other people, be it doctors in this case, social workers, that I said to David, right, it motivated me. I'm going to try IVF one last time. And my goodness, it worked and look where we are. So when you had the, the transplant, the, um, what do they call transfer? it? The, the transfer, egg yeah, transfer. Yeah. Did they say that how many like follicle, healthy follicles there were? Yeah, we were abroad, so it's quite a different approach. Right. Um, in fact, where we, we were in Cyprus and they wanted to put more in and we said we'd been warned that this would happen and we said no, thank goodness, because all they put three in, three embryos in, and all three took. <gasps> so what... what- how did you feel the moment they said to you that there were three heartbeats because I just can't I just can't imagine well we'd had we had a blood test done where they do the read your hormone readings and we were told by the person who reported on the results that there's a party going on in there so we had an idea that this was either a very strong healthy pregnancy um, which can sometimes be a high, high region of this hormone but often it means that there's multiples so and when she delivered the news it was kind of like sympathetic to me it was kind of like oh yeah and there's another one it was kind of like negative before we yeah and so I just burst out crying because like the tone and the feeling I was getting because obviously it's it's quite a, a risky um pregnancy so that's where as a medical person that's where she was coming from that yeah there is there is another one in there and you will get spoken to about reduction um, what does that mean reduction what, what, what... so quite often parents of multiples will have a, a, a consultant will talk to them about do you want to reduce the pregnancy to make it safer um because of it's known that um multiple pregnancies can be risky and actually no one ever had that conversation with um with me fortunately um so yeah I never had to have that conversation with anyone but um yeah so so when I first found out I was just really distressed because of the way I mean she wasn't trying to be horrible she was trying to be I suppose in her own way kind but it was kind of like oh this is risky pregnancy now and I was just how am I going to afford it how am I going to love three children like I did Felix I'd had this wonderful like one-to-one parenting experience with him. How, how would we manage, you know? Rebecca, where was your head at when the person that was doing the transfer or you had the discussion with the, the people that were doing the clinic that were doing the transfer, when they said to you, you know, should we put more than one in? 
Should we put two in? Should, should we put three in? What were you thinking? Were you going, put three in, we've got a chance of getting one here? Yeah, I um, well, we were advised at that time, I don't know whether it's still the same advice that's given to um, couples experiencing infertility, but we were advised the more you put in, they fight each other for space. So the more chance you've got of a pregnancy occurring. And um, so we were told, oh, no, it's very unlikely to have multiple pregnancy. They just fight each other for space. That's how you sort of sold the idea of having more put in. But of course, for this clinic, um, and understandably so, they want good results so that they can sell more treatment. Um, And that's not me being cynical. That's just truth. They They want you to get pregnant, which is really good well, you want to um, yeah exactly um but I didn't the truth is I would not have chosen uh to get pregnant with triplets I wouldn't change it at all now but it's not as sa- it's not as safe as having a singleton or even yeah, twins of course uh, of course and uh, clearly that transpired to be true with us as well yeah how was you how was your pregnancy like because obviously you can compare it for to a single pregnancy to having yeah know, multiples and I can also compare it, I guess, to an IVF pregnancy because for a bulk of that time, you're still taking medication to support the pregnancy. Um, I was sick as a dog the whole way through. It was a horrible pregnancy, sadly. I was scared. It was uncomfortable. So it was a very, very different experience. Um, clearly, I was absolutely over the moon to be pregnant that it worked I was so that in itself was a dream um and I think I suppose because I'd wanted it so long you kind of you just accept that the not so nice bits are happening I felt sick right I'm gonna deal with it because this is all I ever wanted yeah and I love that and I love that and I think but it's it's also okay to have a moan and a bitch about how sick you were you know just yeah yeah, you've got to you've got to say it how it is I think I think that we were talking about this the other day because one of my friends has just found out she's pregnant and she was like it was like a light bulb moment where the sickness just went ding and she was like I just feel sick and I've got my head over the loo all day and she was like I keep googling that some women have it for their whole pregnancies and I was like I know I was like there's nothing I can tell you apart from just hang on in there because for me mine started at whatever it was four weeks and then at 13 weeks it just went boop yeah it's like it's like a light goes off doesn't it it. yeah same with Felix yeah yeah Yeah. I I mean I started the pregnancy I ended the pregnancy with Felix like two stone lighter than when I began because I I, really yeah that first trimester I'd been so and it was the same with the the girls as well um so you lost weight while yeah you felt so awful yeah but I did have that 13 week thing where I I felt healthy and good with Felix yeah. yeah. How did people react to you when, you know, they'd, you know, maybe talk to you, be like, oh, you know, when, when are you due? And you told them that you were expecting three babies. How, what were people's reactions like? Quite a lot of, um, so a lot of people at work were like, oh, you're mad. You know, and it was like, so quite a negative reaction um, at work. And then obviously some, I had a lot of friends that I built this community of people who were experiencing infertility where I had really positive reactions. And then like, you know, surprise from strangers, because I just looked immediately pregnant. Um, So, and I remember having a conversation with a couple where I was just, I was out here. I looked like I was ready to drop and I was, I don't know, I was probably about 16 weeks, something like that. And they were like, 
yeah um so like lots of nice interactions but yeah some of the grumpy people at work were like you're mad you're crazy how are you gonna <laughs> yeah. cope with that it's like well I'm gonna yeah. have to because I'm the mum so I'm gonna have yeah, to get yeah. on with it <laughs> yeah. I've got no choice yeah and you don't have a lot of choice in the whole fit- you know you're going through fertility treatments so again choice is elusive isn't it now I, there's so many questions that Georgia and I want to ask I think mm. I think we're going to come to like prep in a minute but mm. I really want to talk to you about the births mm. and at what point did and how how did that how did that sort of evolve I mean did you did you go into labor do they induce you do they have cesareans how, how does it work well there's um I've had two very different birth experiences and I'm pleased to say that because if the triplets birth had been the only one then it would uh, you know it wasn't a very pleasant story unfortunately but with Felix I was really determined to I hypnobirthed I was determined to have him naturally and I did do that um and then with the girls I'd had a bleed at home and fortunately I was in the hospital when um I I hemorrhaged and it was all action stations and it was like we've got to get these girls out and I was 29 how many weeks, weeks? 29 29 weeks. yeah and um it was touch and go they said if I'd been at home it would they wouldn't have been able to get us to the hospital in time so I had two very different birth experiences and I'm really pro I mean obviously I'm pro mum and baby being healthy that's the most important thing but I was so pro natural birthing prior to my experience with girls and when and I thought it was it was like a gift I wanted to give to Felix I wanted him to arrive naturally and and he took his blooming time um it was a long long back-to-back labor but we did it but then I look at the characters of my girls now particularly Emily who's really like Felix and I think she had such a different arrival into the world and she's Mm. so similar to him in her character and I say that Mm. out of reassurance to any women who like me back with Felix put that pressure on themselves I think you know ultimately I do I, I believe that our bodies and babies know what they're doing and we need as little medical intervention as possible if everything's going well um but we can equally have healthy happy babies if it doesn't work out that way yeah 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 there's such a lot of pressure isn't there George this is is. a discussion that George and I talk about endlessly about it because when you have your first kid before you go into it you have a very set way a plan that you have to Mm. you you have to stick to I've got to stick to the plan and I can't do it any other way and all the language and stuff that you hear in NCT and all this stuff it's just not okay and I felt it I know that you felt it too George just carrying these mountains on my shoulders thinking no 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 I can't have any pain medication and I can't have an epidural because that was in red during one of my classes and all this bullshit Mm. and actually I needed some help. And and also, I guess the the other thing is the more pressure you put on yourself, the less yeah. likely that your body is going to be able to do those things. So it we almost just need to get rid of the pressure and birth our yeah. babies however they, you know, however we want to. Yeah. Because yeah. any stress and pressure in pregnancy is it's you know, it's not it's not it's a no good, good thing. Yeah. No. yeah. I think as long as a woman's informed and knows her choices. And that if through those choices she makes a choice to have an epidural, then that's her choice. And, you know, it will work how she wants it to work. But I think, yeah, it's, um, you're right, the language around. but all, And some women don't know their choices. But I remember when I started my hypnobirthing tra- um, 
teaching and she laid down pictures in front of me this was the local birthing center this is a hospital obviously the hospital looked yeah. very sterile and medical and you know you've got a choice and I was like have I you know because yeah. I didn't go to NCT and it, so to have that choice and as it happened he did come into the world naturally but I hadn't slept for two nights when he did because he was a back-to-back labor and yeah. as a result, my breastfeeding journey suffered. So there's always about, because I was so flipping tired by the time I got home. And then I was up for five nights trying to get that established. So if I'd had a different birth, would my birth, would my breastfeeding journey have worked better? So it, it doesn't have to be it's all interesting or nothing. you say that, because I've never thought about that. Yeah. But I had two very different labours. The first one, like you, back to back, two days, absolutely exhausted. You know, just by the time I took Luna home, I didn't know what I was doing on my breastfeeding. Mm. She wouldn't latch on properly. I was so exhausted. You know, all that with yeah. Kit because I knew what to do. Second time yeah. round was so much faster. I had the epidural, came home. He mm. breastfed like that, and was just like we were just away because I just yeah. felt yeah. like I hadn't been through a car crash. It's interesting. Mm, I never yeah. really co- put the two and two together. Yeah, yeah. It's really, I was with a friend on Friday who has a newborn, and she gave birth on Christmas Day, and she was like, "I just, you know, I just feel like I haven't had a second to like." recover and I was like yeah I know I know exactly what you mean because (laughs) she went into labor on like the 24th or whatever had had her on the 25th so 24 hours of labor then you know she's recovering and can't really move then she comes out of hospital and it was like Christmas time so she had family and stuff (gasps) then it's like I know and she's literally just like, when do I get to like recoup? Never. And it's no, yeah. no, no, you don't. And that's what I said to her. I was like, well, I mean, I can help you in some ways, but yeah. um, you, you kind of never will. <laughs> My tip for anyone is to take all the help and like, don't feel yeah. bad in those first few weeks if you just want to sleep and you, you know, a house yeah. is, is a state and you don't want Absolutely. to talk to anyone. Take that time because yeah, like you say, mm. who knows what impact that has on breastfeeding? Who knows what impact that has on yeah. your mental health going forward? Mm. Like it has such a huge impact mm. um and yeah I mean we just gotta look after ourselves haven't we, we have I think a lot of people on the second birth you hear I don't know whether you've heard it but I've heard a lot of people say I'm shutting the doors and yeah. no one's coming in this time because I remember the night we came home from with Felix and um a group of my friends who'd kind of been on that infertility journey with me so we're like hallelujah this baby's here this is amazing which is really lovely but I'd just been up by this point I'd been I'd been up for three nights by this point I needed to be still and quiet with my baby and find out you know just find our way and mm. they're all in the house like oh this is so exciting and my friend said to me afterwards you just went yourself and you're like I wanted to start. What do you think? We should have said no, because I needed to be sleeping yeah. at that point. And yes. just say, you know, so you I think the second time round you can get a bit more confidence to say, actually, no, this time we need to do it in a way that works better for us. And you can come in a week or two when we're ready. We'll be right back after this short break. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? But also, Rebecca, the second time around, you had three babies to yeah. hold. Oh, exactly. So just just tell yeah. us. So you said that the birth was a wasn't a great experience for you, and no, I'm sorry that you no. had to go through all of that. But the babies came out, you know, in in great in good in good good enough shape. One of them, your littlest, stayed in for was it 11 weeks? Well, they were all. Amelie came home after 11 weeks. She came home on her 40-week due date. Yeah. But her girls, her, her girls as she calls them, um, they all call each other my girls. Um, oh, they'd lovely. only come home a few. They came home, I think it was on the 22nd of December. So they were in time for Christmas and she came home a few days later. Right. Um, so they were all in for a long time. Um, and then... Yeah, then we were home and we'd basically been told by the doctors, um, you need to keep, you need to treat it as a hospital environment because it was winter and their immunity would not be strong enough to stand up to grown up germs. And as it transpired thereafter, we just had this horrific cycle of trauma after trauma, um, which is really sad that that's happened. But I think trauma teaches you some very valuable gifts in life that's why I have to I have to reframe it and hold on to the positive and they're still here uh, which is just wonderful obviously could you just share some details of what happened well um we'd had one my mum brought around her uh best friend we'd had um and one of my best friends came to visit so we had very limited visitors so we don't we we think we know when it happened but basically they all got paraflu and um so nine days after Amelie had come home um she stopped breathing in my arms and fortunately on that day David was home else because Amelie's baby number two triplet number two we'd feed them in order so I would have put her down and gone on to feed Etta um but because David was home. She was in my arms, thank goodness. And um, so I felt that she'd gone still. And um, so then she, uh, an ambulance came and they they took her to hospital. And then while she was in the ambulance going in, she um, stopped breathing again. So they had to call her in as a cardiac arrest. And then when she was in the hospital, um she kept stopping breathing they kept bringing around and then she they had to induce uh, a coma because they said that it wasn't safe to leave she couldn't mm. her body couldn't cope with this so then we just got her home after as I say 11 weeks of being in hospital and um she was back in intensive care and as she came out of intensive care Bertie was um blue lighted to high dependency as she was going into the decline so it's always busy with triplets sometimes in the worst way ever 
Um, oh and so uh, Etta was the only one at that point who wasn't admitted during that experience. And thereafter, there was and it just was flu, a, and it was a flu, para flu, para flu. Yeah. Um, so and a do- and I said to the doctor, I said, "What would have happened if she hadn't been in my arms?" And she just touched my arm and she said, "She was in your arms." Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Gosh. Oh, so that's all gone on, and then, so so are you are you able to enjoy any part at this point of being a mum to triplets? Or are you are you sort of wading through mud? Uh, I think that every stage has its pros and cons. I think we're getting nearer to the stage where we can talk to the girls and, and they can understand things more so we can manage behaviour in a different way. Um, and Because Felix and Amelie are just like the easiest children ever to parent <laughs> so I, I, ha- I had to have two out of four right um yeah. <laughs> they are just so easygoing so chilled but so similar in character etta and bertie my goodness they Not they so can much, eh? uh, oh <laughs> yeah um so and so it, it, it can be difficult and it's quite interesting for me as well having had triplets how they've all had access to the same parenting and, yeah, and they're all completely different. <laughs> yeah, they can they can be very different in the way they manage situations. In saying that, I do think that obviously they've had very different different medical journeys. Mm. Um, so I do believe that some of what's happened to Bertie has impacted on her behaviour now. Mm. Um, Annetta, she's she's got no excuse. She's just a madam. <laughs> she's just wild. She's a wild one. We might have some people listening who have yeah. got multiples or are mm. due to have multiples. How do you even go about like finding the equipment for them? Because mm. that you know, when you have one, you have this massive list of things that you need to get. Mm. But how you know, taking them out for the first time, all these firsts that when you have one feels like a huge yeah. deal. How is that when you have three and how do you actually physically do it? Okay, well, I had what I called um, the bus chair. So that was our push chair. And any mum of multiples will tell you she'll probably try about five different push chairs. Um, <laughs> but my favourite was the Peg Perego and it's kind of long. Um, so you could get through places. but And it's got power steering. So the dads love that. That's got power steering. Um, and, yeah, but it was just – you couldn't get up a pavement or anything like that. You had to plan your route carefully. Um, and I've got to say uh, – or I'd have one in a carrier and a double buggy. That was the easiest if I was going out and about by myself. Um, so there are things that you probably do differently with multiples that you wouldn't do with a singleton. So, for example, when I felt safe – um for them to do it I had like the milky mate things um where they could you could put a bottle in so it go it's like a neck pillow that goes around their neck and you could put a bottle in it so I could be feeding before I did that I used to feed them at half hour intervals so feeding would just take up the whole day when wow, I felt cool. it was safe enough um yeah then I would put two of them on the Milky Mates and I would have one and I'd rotate who I was feeding personally. Um, And then that meant that if anyone was crying, because the risk was when you fed them, when you gave them half-hour intervals, the risk was by by the time you got to Etta, poor Etta, 
um might be why she's a diva actually um she she was always waiting you know so she could get upset because she's waiting because she was triplet number three so the moment I discovered Milky Mates I didn't I knew about them for long before I used them because I didn't feel it was right or safe at that time and then once once I started using them I was like oh why didn't I do this earlier I mean (laughs) it blows my mind I I guess you didn't even probably really get out for the first few months because you were in a feeding sleeping cycle yeah nappy nappy changing winding cycle it was just you know that thing when you have a baby I remember like it fondly with Felix where you could laugh about it with the girls it was a whole different story but you'd be going to leave the front door and he'd do poo and you're like why yeah yeah. And like, yeah, times three, it is just bonkers. Um, so it became easier to stay indoors at times, but also it was safer for us because of their med- yeah. medical issues. So we we yeah. kind of had medical advice for the first two year- years to stay indoors whilst it was winter. Mm-hmm. And are they all well and healthy now? They are pretty much. Um, Bertie still has outstanding uh heart surgery which they're waiting for her to be big enough to have that but it's not affecting her on a daily basis um she just has to have it to protect herself as an adult so um so that's good and there's a there's a few little things but I don't know whether it's due um to prematurity or whether it would have just these things would have happened anyway you know so by and large they're all healthy. Rebecca how do you feel um, now that you are sort of five years into your triplet triplet journey, um, how, like has it? How do you feel as a person? And and are like are you okay? Because it must have taken its toll on you having three premature babies and everything that you've been through. Yeah, it did. I think. Um, I mean, I was diagnosed with uh, post traumatic stress disorder after the birth mm. because, as I said, it was life threatening to me and the babies, and um, so. And then I had babies in hospital who were very poorly with various things happening. Um, So I sought out support for that. And I think it's very, very important for mums and dads, parents, to seek out support because you are important too. And if you support yourself and get the right help and support, then you're a better parent. Um, Mm. So I needed to have EMDR therapy to manage the um the bigger traumas like the birth like the moment Emily stopped breathing in my arms Mm -hmm. I needed to process those so I could move forward because Mm -hmm. I would I was um haunted by I'd I'd get triggered really you know if I was walking down the street and and an emergency ambulance went past that could really I I could want to fall to the floor crying you know I, I was so triggered I needed to manage those feelings I needed to process that trauma so that I mm-hmm. could be a better parent um so I, I read I read a lot about other people who'd survived trauma and, and what they'd done to manage that and that mm-hmm. is why I started writing my blog because I thought I had that inspiration and help from reading other people's survival stories so if I could help other parents who'd mm-hmm. either experienced infertility or premature birth or birth trauma um Mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. that would be make me feel good you know to be able to help others but it was also very cathartic for me as well yeah and so mm. did is that how I guess you 
Kate, you know, Kate got over the trauma was by writing, reading other people's experiences. Like anyone listening yeah. to this, what you know, what advice would you give them if that you know if they've been through something similar? I think to manage it safely and process it. If you try, I remember going out for a meal with another triplet mum who'd had um, babies that were more premature, actually, than mine, who'd had a very difficult experience. And I remember um, saying, oh, you've just got to get on with it, haven't you? And I remember feeling quite inadequate. Well, why can't I just get on with it? Why am I having these triggers? Why does it make me want to burst into tears when I see an emergency ambulance? Or... Amelie and me used to do this game when she was a baby where she and she she thought it was fabulous where she'd I'd hold her back and she'd burst out laughing well that was what I did when she stopped breathing and it would trigger me so I was like Mm -hmm. these these things they come into my mind every day and I can't manage them and that's because I'd not process them um so I think if people aren't honest about these things it can make leave other people feeling very isolated and like they're not doing well I thought I was failing because my mental health was impacted I look back now five years on and I think you were superwoman yeah Yeah. you came out of that situation yeah you parented three poorly babies two in particular who would take hours to feed there was never a break you were a superhero and you did really well and oh, don't yes. listen. Don't listen to that other voice. The other voices around saying, "Oh, you've just got to get on with it." No, you haven't. No, you are valuable. Your feelings are worth are worth it. You know, yeah. you and to be yeah. a better um, parent as well. Even if you don't want to say do it for you, do it as a parent. Oh, Rebecca, I mean, both Georgia and I think you are a total yeah, inspiration. Absolutely. I mean, we've, oh, we, we, we barely dealt with one at a time, but three at a time, <laughs> as you said, were poorly and premature and everything else that you've been through. And thank you mm. for documenting it in the way that you do and your blogs. I know that you'll be helping so many other parents who are going through something similar. Um, mm, I so, hope yeah. So. If if you if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't found Rebecca, you're welcome because there you go. We've, we've <laughs> given her is. to you. <laughs> and Rebecca, I mean, you've given loads of advice during this podcast, mm. but we always like to ask our guests what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given, or that you would give another parent. I remember my mom's words actually uh, about it's the hardest thing that you can ever do is to say no to a child but it'd be the best thing you ever do in the long run. And I think my best advice would be let your word be your truth. Mean what you say. Children, I think of boundaries as a great big hug, a great big cuddle for my children. They thrive on them. They feel safe when they know where they stand. Um, And so to have that consistency. And if if I say no, that five minutes later, that's I'm not going to change that because I've said so don't say no if you don't mean it basically um yeah because yeah I'm often like it's one of the one of the hardest things I find is parenting with another person because quite often I'm uh, the children are um they know they definitely know where they they stand with me but poor dad, they'll just, oh, the girls, they'll just have him like, you know. I say, if you say no, don't five minutes later change your mind because tomorrow when they come and ask you for something, they know that all they've got to do is like 
Yeah. Yeah. And he's going to get, you know, so it's like, let let your word be your truth. Say what you mean. And just to finish up, five Mm. or your your top products, I think maybe to, you know, multiples, products for multiples. Yeah. I think for me, I loved um, the Baby Beyond high chair we had it with Felix it was great with the girls as well because I I found if they because we always did baby led weaning so I used to put their food directly onto the tray and you can remove it and wash it um and that worked really well for us and uh I loved a dummy bunny that's what we oh yes yeah yes because they can cuddle the bunny or whatever it may be but you know that the is always attached to it so it's easy to find in the night if they stir and they know where it is so they're not disturbing you for um for the dummy um we like the sleepy head uh but particularly because that gave the girls their own space because we had like a big joint cot at one point so um yeah we like the in their heads. individual bits oh the baby beyond you might notice a theme here i do like i do think that Baby Beyond products are very intelligent. They seem to do what they say on the tin. They do. So I really like the Baby Beyond toilet seat. The girls just, oh, they yeah. hardly spent any time on the party. They just went straight yeah. with that toilet seat. Yeah. They just really liked it. Uh, and Grow to Bed. Grow to Bed was a lifesaver. So, I mean, I liked their sleeping sacks anyway. But when it came to that transitioning into a single bed, I don't know whether you've seen them, but the duvet is attached to the bed sheet yes. so they can't fall oh, out of the bed. I like that. Right. Do you know what? I'm just about to change my daughter into a bed and that's. I think that's something that I probably should get. Yeah, it's a, so they can't fall out. So I, I really like Grow that. to bed. Okay. Grow Amazing. to bed. And it's got, yeah, it's got the pillow um, case in it, the bed sheet and the duvet cover all in one. It's really easy to change. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And they can't fall out of bed. So that was really Love good. That. You just don't hear thuds in the night. Because sometimes yeah. we hear that. And we're like, is that Kit falling out of that really high bed that we've got in? No, no, it's all right. <laughs> Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on. Obviously, thank both you. George and I think you're a total inspiration, helping so many parents to multiples as well by talking about it across your blog and Instagram. Uh, if we, um, I guess if we kind of didn't answer anything to anybody listening and you really want Rebecca to, to give you a little message and, and ask any specific questions, where can they find you okay so i'm on instagram as mommy with a u mommy two triplets and bro love it thank you so much rebecca (laughs) okay thank you so great to hear that chat wasn't it i know and i don't know about you but since we had that chat and i'm like moaning when i've got both kids and they're doing my head in i suddenly think to myself imagine if there was four with me and you know three of them all going through well i don't know but i guess being the same age they're all girls like going through the similar challenges at the same mm-hmm. time like wow yeah wow. what I liked was um was her chat around boundaries yeah and her and her views on that because I guess when you've got triplets you've got three all the same age it's like you've got to have the boundaries otherwise they're just going to run riot I really yeah. respected her for that and actually I took some of that like when you say no if you come back 10 minutes later it's still going to be no because sometimes be I'm no. like no yeah. and then a couple of minutes later I'm like oh, okay yeah never mind like it's like what's the point in saying no if you're not going to stick to know yeah no I, I'm terrible for that especially with Gigi like you know I do so many things that I just don't believe in with Gigi like <laughs> for instance she's kicking off because she wants something of Axel's and I go to Axel oh just give it to her like, just, just give, give it to her just, just give it to her it's just easier but actually 
the no is probably the hardest thing to do but the best thing you can do for your kids because they mm. like it as well don't they mm. you know as humans we like to know where we are we like to know our boundaries we like to know like that kind of stuff so maybe we need to start practicing what we preach oh god do we have to <sighs> I don't know <laughs> I'll give you an update in a few weeks yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. next time on the podcast I'm going to be discussing Luna's early rising again so look oh, forward to that one okay. we'll move away from DIY and poo and on to Luna's early rising on to early rising I, oh, I'm looking god. forward to the update <laughs> um, as always we would absolutely love you to rate, review, uh, subscribe and give the podcast a follow that would be amazing and we love seeing your pictures as well don't we George yeah please tag us in your photos I'm, I'm always listening to podcasts at the moment when I'm in the house by myself trying to work and being distracted <laughs> by the conversations um, and also if you have seen anybody or know anybody who has an amazing story please do drop us a DM we're always looking for guests and topics to cover we're on at Made by Mummers and we'll be back on Tuesday Made by Mummers is an insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the wonderful Charlotte Mason Insanity Group. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.